I View podcast, and I'm your host, Lizanne Flynn. It's not at all uncommon during a session with people that I'll have one of my clients say to me, you know, this might sound really weird, or this might be really kind of out there. (laughs) At which point I sometimes look at them and say, I talk with animals and dead people, so I don't think that anything you're going to tell me is going to sound that weird or out there. And while that might sound kind of flippant and maybe a little bit sarcastic, my intention is really to, for the client in front of me, kind of make it a little bit easier for them to reveal to me what it is that they want to share with me. And, you know, I think for humans, of course, we always make fun of animals, you know, for licking whatever it is that they can lick and running around in a circle and hanging onto their tail and things like that. But there's no artifice with animals, right? They they kind of do these behaviors really unconsciously and sometimes without any kind of self-consciousness or what we might think would would be perhaps maybe appropriate self-conscious at the time, thinking, wow, dude, if I did that, I just would not so do that out in public. And of course, it's usually the humans amongst us, at least the humans that I deal with, that probably have maybe more perception, self-perception of feeling un- feeling self-conscious about sharing something with me, you know, for fear that I might judge them or that I might think they're, you know, crazy and would call the mental police. And of course, I I think that a lot of that has to do with how humans are with each other, the kind of cultures that we live in, because certainly I think from time to time we're going to find cultural differences. What's okay in one culture would not be okay within a different culture. And I think probably the bottom line is that, of course, the cliche, self-acceptance is the most important thing, but at the same time, I do perceive that everybody needs to have a person, a couple of people, or an environment in which they feel like they can be completely and totally their authentic selves. And finding that can sometimes be a bit of a challenge If you're lucky to have that in your friends and your family, then I applaud you. I I think that's absolutely wonderful. For the others of us, though, sometimes we we really need to kind of search for that. And kind of no matter what subject matter the human is talking to me about, I I endeavor to set and hold a space that's neutral, that's hopefully filled with compassion that they can feel, and that out of all the people on the planet, I'm going to be the last person 
that's going to look at them and say, wow, really? That's what actually what you think? Because that's not my role. I don't think it's my role to hold up for people a mirror, you know, in which they are forced to look like we're all forced to look sometimes on a bad hair day. It, my my intention is to maybe offer them a mirror that if they choose to look in the mirror themselves I'm going to be right there beside them maybe with a comb and a brush saying look look it's not so bad and attempting not necessarily to normalize whatever it is going on for them but but to help them find the places within themselves that they can look at that and say you know what I'm okay with that I'm okay with those light aspects of myself. I'm okay with those shadow aspects of myself. And as you might imagine from time to time, particularly with my human clients, there have been sessions where the topic is either suicide or murder, as as it has happened um, many times before. And the really interesting thing as with most things I think on the planet, at least for me, the energy precedes itself and whatever the situation is. In other words, I'll feel the energy of a particular situation or what had happened in a particular situation usually long before I get verbal validation from whoever it is that I happen to be talking with at that point in time. I'll be honest with you, it's definitely probably stretched my own boundaries as an empath from time to time, particularly I think where murder and murder scenes or and or attempted murder, suspicion of murder, all those sorts of things come in because I'll be shown exactly what happened if there was someone whose life was ended before their soul path was complete and even as I say that though right there's you might already be leaping to that next point with me meaning that in this particular human experience and I think this is where I think humans in particular are really challenged that I would say well if everything is being driven by or guided by soul path I would be the last person in the world to say to you that based on this particular whatever's happening in this current and present human experience uh, isn't somehow also correlated with soul path and again that's the challenge to be able to embrace the fact that children are sometimes killed children sometimes commit suicide sometimes individuals who seem to be such a bright light on this planet their lives are ended. Again, from our inside the human experience illusion place, perhaps we perceive that it's ended too soon. Most definitely the family members, the friends, the loved ones of these individuals in this human experience would also perceive that that life on this planet ended too soon. And particularly with suspicion of murder and or actual murder scenes, as I said, as an empath, that can be a bit of a challenge because nothing is really hidden and nothing is really held back. 
I will feel on my body where a particular uh, physical situation is happening such as um, being shot, being stabbed. Um, sometimes I'll be able to capture the last thoughts and the last emotions of certainly whoever it is that has gone through that particular usually pretty violent experience and the really interesting thing though is that at the end of my experiencing whatever that situation was in the human experience again for lack of a better phrasing within this third dimension there's also then an automatic bridge over into I guess what we would call the other dimension the other world some belief systems would call that heaven some belief systems would refer to the opposite of that as hell but there usually is a shift of energy into I was once in human form sometimes animal form in this experience and now I'm on the other side and of course it's the information collected as a medium from that other side that most often can provide such illumination and I think an extension of amazing compassion and heartfelt emotion and then of course at the end of that heartfelt emotion is release for whoever I happen to be working with that is still in this third dimension because for instance in the situation and under the circumstances of suspicion of murder or actual murder there definitely can be validation there definitely can be yes absolutely I did not do this by myself there was assistance that was provided here's what happened here's the relationship here's the person who did this to me and and to be clear these are not necessarily unsolved murders that at least that I've been in contact with this is most definitely situations where a family or family members come to me and they say we would like to connect with our brother sister mother father son daughter etc good friend and for me it's kind of like reading a story only usually in video with some audio definitely with some feeling kind of uh, plugged into my body as the as the conductor and along with the thoughts and emotions not only for what happened in that particular situation as I said there's a bridge there's a bridge being offered there's a bridge of I'm okay where I am. Here's something that I forgot to tell you while I was here. Here's something that I wished I would have said to you more when I was here. Sometimes there will be issues involving estates where I'll get a very distinct feeling that if there was property involved, if there were family heirlooms involved, whatever that happened to might be and again it's usually of a material thing whoever it is who's not still in physical form is connecting with me I most definitely will get a feeling of everything is proceeding according to plan or I will sometimes also get a feeling of wow you all are still going on about what to do with the property and 
I didn't mean for this particular person to not have that particular heirloom. It's also has happened from time to time that an individual would say, yeah, you all didn't do anything with these things that I had and this particular thing. I would really like that particular person to have that thing. And again, the bottom line, at least in these cases, is most definitely resolution. There's a lightening of energy because that emotional connection that was once in this dimension, it simply changes form and it changes probably frequency when we are no longer in physical form. You know, certain belief systems, and sometimes humans, I think we have a fond saying of, you know, RIP, rest in peace. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think sometimes that speaking just in this moment for humans, most definitely there may be a reconciliation with either soul family, which as you might imagine can differ from biological family in this dimension. It's not at all uncommon for animals and humans who've already crossed over to act as like a welcoming committee. For individuals who are just recently out of physical transition, it'll be very clear that relatives will step forward and sometimes animal companions even if they didn't know that particular person there's it's almost like a uh, six degrees of separation thing to where if say for instance um, an individual son had um, an animal companion who had already crossed over and then the the father of that son whose animal companion had already crossed over also transitions then it's highly likely that that uh, animal companion of the son would be there to greet the father even if he or she did not know the father in this animal experience because of course we're talking about soul contracts at this point in time and not necessarily what humans would perceive as being relationships. It's also not uncommon that I've dealt with a fair number of suicides and the energy around a suicide is actually much different as you might imagine from the energy around a murder. And to be clear, I have had some situations where I guess I would say it's like a murder-suicide kind of in one. Those tend to be individuals who had issues with addiction while they were here in this particular uh, experience. It sometimes has happened that on that particular day, yes, they were fond of going up to and towing the line where the addiction is concerned. And especially for some people who have the trait of high sensitivity because of course usually or sometimes I should say addiction can be an effort by a person who has the trait of high sensitivity to kind of turn down the volume they perceive that either drugs or alcohol or something else like that is a way for them to not have to deal with the massive amounts of mental and emotional and sometimes physical energy that their nervous system chooses to give to them because that's just kind of how their body is wired. But with the murder-suicide, that's what I kind of refer to them as. If there's a, an issue with addiction, there have been times where 
an individual is very clear with me that yes they they were the individual who had the issue with addiction yes they are aware that playing with this if you will and getting kind of a rush with getting up to that line but not going over it was actually kind of circumvented by sometimes individuals who gave them something that they had no idea what it, what it was in whatever form that they gave them and that happened to be that thing the unknown substance that kind of pushed them over the line in just straight suicides though I'll always be able to tell the energy because there's a shame involved there's an embarrassment there's a guilt there's an, a massive amount of illumination of oh, I had no idea because of course outside of this human experience and outside of this third dimension when we transition and when we cross over into another dimension especially out of human experience that's where the clarity comes and sometimes that clarity can be blinding and so if I have a family member connect with me and wanting to connect with a family member who either inadvertently in the case of say for instance addiction again just a, a, a little baby toenail stepped over that line that was enough then to start a cascade of effects of the body then releasing its hold on the soul and the body then transitioning. Most definitely there will be a not wanting to connect with me and I'll, I'll feel it and that's usually my cue to ask more questions and say this feels like a suicide. Most often that will be confirmed and then we start the work and then we start the process and then there can be sharing of how this individual came to this place. They can share the depth of their despair. They can receive the love and compassion from loved ones who are still here to say, I still love you. There can also be guilt and regret and shame on the part of the individuals who are sitting in front of me in the session to say I had no idea I was too involved in my own stuff to reach out for you and usually then the individual on the other side will say I don't think it would have made a difference it helps me though to know that you would have done that for me that you had that intention the bottom line, especially in my acting as a connecting point between dimensions and especially when we're dealing with transitions that again can sometimes be more of a violent act, at the end there's some relief, there's some release, there's a connection. And I'm oftentimes asked the question of, well, how do I know that it's this particular person? And the bottom line is, is that it's really not as much about me as it is about how the bodies of the people who are sitting in front of me feel. Because when I, when I say something, when I offer a turn of phrase, when I give them a description of what 
the personality is like, sometimes quiet and reserved, sometimes a bit of a jokester. There might be a particular physical thing that the individual on the other side will offer up that's just too specific. There's no way that I could have possibly known what that particular specific thing is without having an authentic connection. But the bottom line is that their bodies know. They feel it. They go, oh, that, that sounds just like him or her, or they'll laugh. And of course, laughter sometimes often leads to tears. But then that's the place where grace can come in. That's the place where release can come in. That's the place where even when physically separated by dimensions, those soul contracts and the heart bonds that we make with each other stay in place. There's no amount of time and there's no dimension that could possibly ever destroy those. That's just how it works here. I'm Lizanne Flynn, and this has been the Animal's Eye View Podcast. I'll see you next time.